0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hiker Podcast. I am your host, Owen Hamilton. Here in Ireland, in the Northern Hemisphere, it's uh, it's quite mild for February. Normally, it's freezing cold. There's probably snow or ice. Uh, it's cold. Don't get me wrong, but it's it's quite mild. Um, a little worrying. Uh, also, you have this like ominous sense of. You know what's coming around the corner. There, it feels like something's coming, like a cold snap or something is, is on its way. Um, so this week on the podcast, I'm rejoined for the first time by a previous guest. You might remember the episode we had with three members of the American Hiking Society. One of those members was Wesley Trumble, and you might remember if you listen to the episode that he he mentioned or he, he went into further detail about the fact that he was voted outside magazines most inspiring man in the pct and that raised my eyebrows that that piqued my interest so i immediately after the show i just I, I researched wesley a little bit further and and reached out to him and said like would you be interested in coming back on the show and he was uh delighted to come back on and, and share his story and i was surprised that i hadn't come across wesley before i didn't know his story And as I researched even further, I came across his uh, short film on YouTube. He has a number of them, but this one in particular documents his life in the outdoors and how he managed to hike all of the 54 uh, 14ers in Colorado, those mountains that are over 14,000 feet. He also through hiked the Colorado Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail, all while living with cerebral palsy. If you're not familiar with what the condition is is essentially it's a it's a motor disability where your brain is not sending the right signals to your muscles and to your nerves which tends to show up as 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 weakness in some parts of your body and in and in wesley's case it was his right hand and his right leg obviously having a condition like this or a disease like this it makes things like hiking and climbing and mountaineering and And running and ultra running uh, quite a difficult task but from the early age of two I believe he was already hiking these incredible peaks in Colorado born and raised in Colorado at the foothills of the 14 ers he he started climbing at such an early age and I believe his first actual walk up when he was two I think he was carried up in a a kid carrier he uh, walked up himself and He had that first taste of the thin crisp cool air and that inspired his life of adventure so far but with all of these great triumphs comes some tragedy and some sadness and some loss Um, we go into that in the the interview and you can see a lot of that in his uh, short film on on youtube which i'll I'll link in the show notes Uh, but wesley is an incredibly inspiring individual we had a fantastic conversation and I wish I could have, I literally was looking at the clock wishing that we had more time to speak so maybe we will have uh, our first guest to come on to the show three times. Uh, but before we get into the interview, let's do the business. This podcast is brought to you by Hiker. Hiker is the ultimate hiking toolkit accessible from your mobile device. And now all users can download the incredible trail maps for free. That's right, free. Yes, in a time where other applications are increasing their prices and everything else seems to be getting more expensive. We have made the decision to enable everyone to download any of the 25,000 trail maps to their smartphone for free. Many people are asking us why we made this decision. Why would we go and make something that others charge for free? Well, it's pretty simple, really. Safety shouldn't require a subscription. The most basic item any hiker should have when they're heading out on a hike is a map. So we want to make sure that this need is met for everyone, even when there's no mobile coverage. Hikers' mission is to get more people out hiking. So what better way to do this than equip everyone with the basic necessities and help them to feel more confident in the outdoors. But how are we going to make money? Well, fear not there are still plenty of awesome features and beautiful local and regional maps available on our Pro Plus subscription that are there for you when you want to take your hiking to the next level. So what are you waiting for? All you have to do is head to the App Store or Play Store now and get the app. And then it's time to lace up your boots and get hiking. So here is my conversation with the ever-inspiring and Outside Magazine's most inspiring man of the PCT, Wesley Trimble. Well, Wesley Trimble, uh, as I said just before we started recording, you're the first guest that I've ever had back onto the show. Uh, so uh, you, you must be delighted about that. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Thanks for uh, having me back. It's great. Um, I'm excited. It was a great conversation we had a number of months ago around American Hiking Society and uh, yeah I'm excited to share a little bit of my personal story this go round.
0: Yeah exactly so like when we spoke last uh, the the, the conversation was obviously much more about the the society the work that you guys do the programs that you do but uh, in my research of the three guests uh, you being one of them I I certainly my my eye was caught on you and uh, piqued my interest and just wanted to find out more about your story because, uh, you know, you had this line of, you know, outside magazine, I think called you the most, uh, inspirational man of, uh, in the outdoors or on the trail on or uh,
1: the PCT
0: on the PCT. Yeah, exactly. So years ago. it was just a tagline. I was like, hang on a second. He didn't get that out of nowhere. Um, I'm not like the PCT. don't throw out names like that or the outside magazine certainly don't throw out names like that. So I certainly wanted to dive into it a little bit more. Um, but you might just give us a, a, another introduction, a reintroduction to, to, to Wesley Trimble with your Wesley Trimble hat on uh, okay. uh, about your life in the outdoors.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm so used to kind of sharing my um, my professional intro that sharing my, my personal one um, might be um, not quite as uh, concise. But yeah, essentially, uh, I grew up uh, in Colorado, you know. Uh, millions of people have been like moving to Colorado because it's an incredible place um, to be in the outdoors. Um, and so when I was growing up, um, I didn't realize that a lot of people grew up in, in places where they didn't have immediate access to the outdoors. So I felt very privileged to, to grow up in kind of a small uh, uh, community in, in kind of the foothills of Colorado. Part of what makes my story Uh, unique is the fact that I was born with cerebral palsy uh, which for me it's a it's a mild uh, uh, form of cerebral palsy that affects the right half of my body so it affects my coordination and strength on the on my right leg and right arm and uh, so yeah growing up uh, for me the outdoors was the place where I could kind of um, get away from the world or from society and kind of be myself and not feel like, you know, growing up, uh, kind of always feeling different, like in, in grade school, uh, especially, um, and always feeling like, you know, the other kids are like judging me or just like really curious about like, like who is this kid? Like, why is he not like me? Um, and so like the outdoors was kind of where that kind of where I could be myself, um, a, a kind of a unique, uh, uh, part of my story is the fact that my, my parents carried me up my first uh, Colorado 14,000 foot peak uh, when I was just a toddler. Um, and so, yeah, there's a number of, of, of these Colorado 14ers. Um, and when I was nine, I, uh, I climbed my, my whole family climbed one of these peaks, which was a really exciting experience, but also um, uh, was a really a major challenge i remember like um tears on the descent just like the pain of of going over these boulder fields um but like i, I really felt that sense of accomplishment and then a number of years later um my family did another uh 14er um and i have a, a, a sister who's like five years older than me and i remember a little bit above thirteen thousand feet um I just got like the second wind of energy. I don't know if it was like the Gatorade I was drinking or what, but like, I just like cruised up to the top of the mountain and beat my, my sister who was five years older than me. Um, And it was like the first time I think in life that I can remember feeling really good about doing something that like, it seemed like I could do something like just as good, if not better than, than other folks. Um, And so like that also kind of distilled this, um, um, or instilled a sense of, um, of adventure and, and like a sense of like, this is where, uh, like being above freeline is kind of, um, a part of me and r- really like where I feel like most alive and whatnot. And so those experiences have kind of continued throughout my, um, my life and have kind of developed in unique ways. And I'm sure we'll get into some of the stories of, um, doing some through hiking and, and completing, uh, these mountains and, even some ultra running um, and kind of uh, doing trail work, kind of all of that, kind of builds off of that initial story of of falling in love with the outdoors and feeling most alive when I was uh, in the mountains.
0: Yeah, it's it, and it's, it's 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 I suppose it's maybe not not rare for someone who grew up in, in Colorado and surrounded, like grew up in the foothills, but it, it sometimes it can be rare for a lot of people that listen to this that. The outdoors was like part of your life, literally from the moment you could probably speak. You know, like that your family were constantly bringing you out there, exposing you to the elements, bringing you up to that thin, crisp air uh, that that makes you feel so alive. So it it, it it was almost destiny, you know, from 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 the start. So like like in terms of like how you progressed into 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 through hiking did, did uh did you kind of have a goal that you wanted to, to, to through hike at some point uh in your early outdoor life or was it you know mountains were the, were the thing that you wanted to go for
1: yeah uh great great question it was all a very organic process there was not a whole lot of planning of like you know i started doing the Colorado 14ers you know at, at age nine got more more kind of more serious and like more specific about climbing more of them when I was in middle school and high school. Um, I think it was at the, at some point in high school was when, you know, I, I began, uh, kind of ticking off the, some of the mountains on the list. Um, and I think that was at, at least when I started thinking about, Oh, like maybe I should, um, go for, um, the full list, the Colorado, um, mountaineering club. Um, um, or the Colorado Mountain Club has uh, their list of 54 14ers. There's also a, a few additional 14ers that, that people debate about in terms of if there are uh, other summits that are close in proximity to other summits of whether or not they are 14ers. Well that's a whole other kind of can of worms. Um, so it was kind of in that process where I, I was really focused on uh, climbing the mountains because that's what I most enjoyed. Um, but you know, still spending time uh, outside, Camping and doing some backpacking. Um, I remember uh, when I was in middle school, my dad and I uh, backpacked a couple days, uh, just a segment of the Colorado Trail. Um, And when I was growing up, um, there was uh, my parents had this coffee table book um, that was um, about the Colorado Trail. Um, There was a kind of a famous Colorado photographer um, uh, named uh, John Fielders, I believe, is uh, his name. Um, and yeah, just this, this coffee table book of these beautiful images of this, of this trail. And it's, you know, the Colorado trail is nearly, uh, 500 miles long. Um, and it like growing up, it always seemed, I, I never understood it. I was like, who, who, like, who is it that would like walk this entire way? Like, it just seemed like really wild. And I couldn't even comprehend that. Um, but then later down, uh, later on in life, um, Uh, After college, I graduated kind of at the height of the recession. I had a a degree in environmental design and architecture, and there was like no architecture jobs to be had. So I kind of went into a different industry for a while, uh, and I wasn't really um, stoked about the 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 work, uh, at least from like a fulfilling fulfillment perspective. Um, And so I really kind of doubled down on on being outside and trying to do some really cool adventures and. For one of the first times in my life, um, I felt like really strong. I guess I should say, uh, when I was in college, um, I also uh, did uh, four seasons of trail work, which was um, a really incredible experience as well. Um, How that story actually kind of came about, this might be a little bit of a tangent, but uh, I think so worth telling. Uh, My dad and I were climbing down one of the more difficult um, or yeah, one of the more difficult peaks in southern Colorado called the Creestone Needle. Um, and when we were coming down Crestone Needle, near uh, near near Treeline, we ran into this this group. It was a Rocky Mountain Field Institute crew that was building or improving a section of the trail on this 14er. And that was like the first time I had interacted with a trail crew. Um before that, you know, I just assumed that it was, you know the the federal government was was paying, uh, staff to go out and build and maintain trails, and I hadn't really interacted with trail builders before. But this group was m- comprised mostly of college students, and I was I was a uh, I had just graduated high school, um, and so when I went into college, like I was like I want to try to do trail work during my, my summers in in school. But I was like I'm not sure any company would ever hire someone with cerebral palsy. Like that seems like it has a lot of red flags in it um, in terms of being able to do the work, um, but I applied for a, a local organization called Rocky Mountain uh, Youth Corps, uh, and they they did uh, they did uh, hire me, which I was kind of surprised by that, um, uh, but I was really grateful. And uh, they uh, kept rehiring me every summer, and I became a crew leader for two years. Um, and it was a really incredible experience but through through that um that time i had built some sections of the continental divide trail which is a um a 3100 mile trail and i know you've talked to teresa martinez with uh, cdtc uh it's a phenomenal trail um and i had interacted with uh, a few through hikers while i was actually doing trail work so i had kind of learned about these long distance trails uh, fast forward after college um, in that job, again, uh, feeling really fit because I was spending more time outside. Um, there's a, a, a trail at the time, it wasn't even really an official trail uh, called the Manitou Incline, uh, which uh, is, is probably one of the most popular and well-known trails in the Colorado Springs area. Uh, it used to be an old uh, cog railroad line. Uh, but they took the cog out, I think, in the early '90s, um, and it's essentially railroad ties that, that are stacked on top of each other, and it goes oh. up the side of this mountain. Uh, Is it,
0: it, 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 it? Sorry for to interrupt. Is this like a? It's a quite a short trail. It's like it's just vertical, like one mile or something like yeah,
1: that. Yeah, it's. I think it's uh, like point like eight point nine, like less, like sh- slightly less than a mile in length. Um, but you gain uh, two hundred uh, or excuse me uh, 2000 vertical feet. Um, wow! I, sh- oh. I, I should probably, my, uh, my conversion to metric isn't great. So <laughs> I won't, I won't try to, uh, to do those calculations, but yeah, it's a short trail with quite a bit of elevation gain. And I started doing that multiple times and it became, it kind of became this goal to see how many times I could do it in a single year. Um, and that was the beginning of like these challenges of like trying to do something that, um, a lot of like able-bodied people would probably even think is kind of wild or kind of bananas. Um, but uh, yeah, so I kind of started doing all of this. And, and, and in that time frame, I had remembered, um, about, I had remembered the Colorado Trail uh, photo book. And I was like, you know, if there was ever a time in life that I think I, I have like the fitness to be able to do something like that, like now is the time. And I was planning on going back to grad school, and so I, I quit my my job that I was doing and took a month of uh, five weeks off before going back to graduate school um, to do the Colorado Trail, which was an incredible experience um, to, to solo hike uh, the Colorado Trail and see a lot of these places I'd been in for different things. There, it, you know, it goes right along um, eight different mountain ranges, and so you, you go right pretty close to a number of the 14 ers that I had already climbed. Um, And so, yeah, it was a really incredible experience that kind of started. um, Yeah. That really put me into a place of of doing something that I wasn't sure I could do. And, uh, but also seeing that even with cerebral palsy, um, with a a, a few um, adaptations, excuse me, a few adaptations on how I hike um, that was, that um, I was able to still hike and accomplish something like that.
0: Uh, uh, do you mind me asking what what are those adaptations? what are the things that you would need to to, to change about a atypical kind of uh, hiking setup?
1: Yeah so nothing uh, really unusual in the sense that I, I learned um, tr- a few years before uh, the Colorado trail that trekking poles were really important I had done all this hiking as a kid uh, and uh, when I was younger my parents we would use just um, old ski poles and just use a single old ski pole to kind of help um, you know provide additional support um, as we hiked up um, or as we did hiking or going up 14ers or whatnot um, but it wasn't until like much later like into the college years that I realized having two trekking poles, made a huge difference in terms of my stability um, and as well as helping decrease some of, uh, I used to get a lot of like knee and, and hip pains on the right side of my body and, and trucking poles really helped. And I also uh, have, have done, you know, physical therapy off and on since I was a kid. Um, and at one point I realized, uh, you know, that the physical therapist realized my right leg is actually a little shorter than my left. Um, and so they helped provide me, uh, with, a um, uh, a heel lift at the time that helped, uh, that helps kind of equalize my hips a little bit, which also helped with stability. Um, and then, yeah, just a variety of exercises to help, uh, help strengthen the muscles, uh, with cerebral palsy. Um, it's a neurological, um, uh, disease or, or uh, disability that affects um, uh, people's ability to commu- like have the brain communicate w- with their muscles and, their, and uh, kind of the nerves. And so, uh, it's, yeah, it takes a lot of uh, effort for me to like, really focus and try to, to get uh, enough mobility out of my right leg um and so yeah there was a lot of strength training and learning how to do all of that but yeah the trekking poles and the and the the heel lift and and orthotics were kind of the key things that helped um you know very simple things but yet things that actually made a a major difference
0: And, and and another thing as well would i suppose this this kind of plays into like more so into the the mountain peaks and the 14ers um but your assessment of risk uh is that something that you're aware of is is, is it something that you're you know you have to take into account it take your take the cerebral palsy into account when you're assessing a risk so if you're climbing a mountain you're doing a long trail you're planning out your day is there do you are there things that you have to take into account there
1: yeah absolutely um uh, first, I'll talk about the kind of the through hiking component. Uh, the, the, the most dangerous, uh, a lot of people don't uh, realize that the uh, most dangerous aspect to hiking um, um, is, or I should say, um, one of the, the most common causes for, for a death of a hiker is drowning, um, which sounds odd. Um, but when it comes to through hiking, especially, and this kind of plays across the board, uh, but uh, creek crossings or river crossings are uh, pretty dangerous, and so when, they're, when you're crossing rivers without bridges um, or any type of infrastructure, um, you know having the skills and the technique to cross rivers safely is is really important. Um, and so that was that was honestly the most challenging aspect of my PCT hike were a number of those 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 river crossings and. Yeah, like the hardest day of, of my PCT hike was when I uh, I actually did fall into a creek. Luckily, uh, I was able to uh, to get like to self-rescue and get out um, and and still continue my hike. Um, but yeah, like those creek crossings were, uh, you know, of the 2,600 miles of the PCT, the creek crossings for me were by far the the hardest and kind of psychologically. Uh, the biggest barriers along the way. Um, and then when it comes to like mountaineering, yeah, like you're talking about, uh, you know, high peaks, you know, two thirds of the Colorado 14ers have trails that go up to the top of them. Uh, just as kind of a standard, what we would call like a class two hike. Um, and then the other third require, um, are either class three or class four, um, which require additional scrambling and there's always loose rock. So there's rock fall issues. Um, and you have to, yeah, you really have to know what you're doing and, and, and have the confidence to be able to, to move over such terrain. And it, it took me years, um, you know, years of experience to kind of build up that tolerance and that, um, that confidence to be in some of those, uh, in some of those more exposed, uh, sections, um, being on the mountains of, of, you know, the risk of fall, uh, falling and rock fall. Um, and yeah, so there has always been a certain amount of calculus on terms of like, what am I willing to do? And it was always based on my experience of what I had already done. Um, and it was, you know, small incremental um, experiences along the way to like build up to maybe kind of the, the cruxes, the most, most difficult aspects of some of those climbs. Um, and, you know, for most of my years of climbing the uh, Colorado 14ers, I, I was single Um, and so the, 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 um, the calculations of risk and the risk management definitely changed, uh, when I got married. And then, uh, when my wife and I had, um, our daughter, uh, I haven't, uh, haven't done nearly as much, uh, in terms of, um, the more difficult scrambling class three, class four, um. Uh, with a family now that, I, you know, there was a season when I even had done some like class three and class four peaks uh, solo, um, whereas now, you know, that risk management um, uh, has definitely changed um, in terms of what I'm willing to to take on and, and do by myself or altogether.
0: Uh, I was just going to ask a question around uh, not only are you doing these like, to most people, I'd say ninety nine percent of of people around the world would f- consider like a highly highly dangerous, you know, highly uh, high risk situations, um, and and then these long journeys, these long through hikes, like the Colorado Trail, the Pacific Crest Trail you know a lot of people would team up with people they would have their trail family and and maybe you have met people along the way but it's by the sounds of it like you're like no i want to do this by myself like i'm i'm out doing this uh maybe not necessarily to prove a point but you're you're out to say i can do this uh and you're and you're and you're maybe diving into the outdoors uh, uh, chasing that like that connection to the outdoors that you have, like, sorry, uh, to fine tune this to a question, do, do you go hiking these through hikes? First of all, would you do that with a group of people? Have you done that with a group of people?
1: So with both of my through hikes, I, I started solo, um, but you meet hikers along the way. And so, um, on both, on both trails, I would hike with other people at times, um, but most days I would at least do a certain amount of hiking on my own. Um, on, when I did the Pacific Crest Trail, I was very fortunate that day that I, I did uh, fall into um, the river uh, that I was with uh, two other hikers, which okay. really helped um, in terms of like the psychological support um, yeah. of them. Well, one of them actually did. I, uh, I lost one of my... Uh, my trekking poles when I fell into the water and it got washed down, but luckily got caught up on some rocks. And so one of the hikers I was with, uh, you know, went maybe a hundred yards down downstream and retrieved, was able to retrieve my trekking pole. Um, And so, yeah, having their support was really helpful. Um, For me, you know, I've always had um, the support of my friends and family with the things that I've done, which has really been beneficial. I know not everyone has that, um, and so it, it's kind of a combination of, um, of enjoying these experiences by myself. Um, but by no means have I done all of these, these things, um, by myself, there's always been, uh, people who have supported me. Um, a lot of the more difficult 14 teenagers I had, I have done with people. Um, but yeah, like I said, there was one kind of season in life, uh, when I was feeling really confident, uh, but also. Um, uh, single. And I felt like I could, like, I was willing to take some more risk that I was doing um, a number of climbs that, uh, you know, looking back on probably wasn't the, the, the smartest um, idea. Um, And I wouldn't do it solo now. In fact, some of those things I probably wouldn't do altogether now. Um, uh, But yeah, it's just a, a factor of, of knowing what the rewards and, for the different adventures are, um, you know, back then I would see, you know, some of these trips as really being epic adventures of, of going out and doing things. But now I look back on it and um, I, I have kind of a, f- a friend kind of helped uh, kind of teach me a little bit about, or like um, showed, yeah, helped helped me kind of see kind of different aspects of adventure. And for me, really epic adventures are really about like, doing it with other people and um yeah really about like loving other people and and making sure other people are benefiting from some of these things so some of the things that i've done in the past that at the time i would be like oh this is this is a, a really awesome adventure you know now i look back and it, it was a great adventure um but it i wouldn't say it is like an epic adventure per se
0: yeah yeah it, it, it's it's I ha- that resonates with me even personally so much because some of the best moments of of being outdoors has been with people, whether it be my daughter, whether it be my partner, whether it be my friends, my family, like uh, strangers. You know, meeting strangers on on a, on a trail and you know hiking with them for a while and just getting to know people. Um, I, I don't know if you've watched the uh, uh, the uh, uh, Alina Osborne uh, documentary about the PCT. Um, it's a beautiful documentary called "It Is the People." Okay. Uh, she's from New Zealand. She documents her 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 trip on the on the PCT, and it's on YouTube. There's a bunch of different versions of it, uh, and it is it is truly it's it's a dedication to the people. It is a dedication to the community that surrounds people when you go out on these trails and. Like everybody goes through it and I still do it. You know, I will go out for a long day hike on my own or a long trail run or something like that. And that's because I need that. I need that connection. And you know, if they're, if the people aren't around, so be it, I still will want to get out there. Um, But the, the best days are when you are with, with, with other people. Um, right. I want to talk about the, the, the 14 years. So it so as you mentioned, there's four fifty four. 54, uh, Undebated, undisputed uh 14ers in in colorado and there's a few more that are are disputed so you you completed all 54 um and it took a, a number of years i suppose like your first one yes. being when you were a <laughs> uh a wee lad and uh, so when, when did you when did you i suppose complete that when was the the, the final one i believe it was the north maroon peak uh yes you, was last uh,
1: one. yeah it was a, a 19 year project. And again, like um, there's definitely some big gaps in, in those years. Like I, there was some different times in life where I would, I would be climbing a lot. And then there was times when it would be a year or two, even between, between some of the, um, additional peaks or whatnot. Um, but yeah, it was, it took me uh, 19 years uh, to, to complete kind of that goal. Um, and it was, uh the fall of 2016 uh was when i uh yeah climbed that 54th uh peak
0: and um i suppose will ask the question around like the, the i suppose the, the the triumph and the and the tragedy that i suppose to happen on that day And, uh the reason why i say that is because i just watched your your video on youtube your documentary about about the the, the completion of your 54 do you want to talk a little bit about that, about, uh, I suppose, the, uh, about the triumph of, of reaching that peak that day and like what that felt like when he got up there?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm happy to kind of share that story. Um, I had, you know, I was getting close to completing the Colorado 14ers and I had um, each of my through hikes. Uh, in fact, when I started uh, the Colorado Trail is when I really began to, to to dip my uh my toe so to speak in in videography and storytelling because those type of adventures just lend themselves well to telling different types of stories um so when i was getting close to completing um my 14ers uh my my 14er goal like i knew i was wanting to make a similar uh, film i had created a film um Uh, for the Colorado trail. And then I did another short film. You know, these are just a couple minutes each. Uh, And then another one with the PCT, which that one was what was featured by outside magazine and essentially got my job with American hiking society through connections and um, of that. Uh, But when I was getting close to completing the, the Colorado 14ers, I knew I wanted to tell a similar story of that experience And so I had been doing some additional filming um, and was doing yeah quite a bit of filming on that specific uh, on that specific climb. And so uh, my last two 14ers uh, were the Maroon Bells. Um, And for several years, um, I had attempted the Maroon Bells um, a number of years before with my with my dad. Uh, The first time we attempted them, uh, we got to 13,000 feet. Uh, to kind of the beginning of the really technical sections of of the climb and uh, weather started to move in. So we, uh, so we turned back um, and yeah, it was just a number of years that like weather kept preventing us from, um, from, from getting uh, even starting uh, up the peaks for several years. And so I was really hoping to climb the peaks with my father, but uh he was have he needed to have uh, hip uh surgery, and we weren't even sure he would be able to recover um would be strong enough after the surgery um to do these uh fourteeners and so I um put out a request for um on a popular climbing forum for um to find a partner to to go on these sh- um last two fourteeners that are considered uh some of the more dangerous 14ers because the mountain range that they're in is notorious for being really loose rock and so it's steep terrain uh with really kind of rotten rock that kind of crumbles pretty easily uh so we uh the maroon bells is a series of of 14ers um and we did both of them in, in a single day we started with um maroon peak and then there's a, uh, a traverse that connects a ridge line that connects uh, Maroon Peak with North Maroon. Um, and so we had done that traverse um, and that we had met a couple other um, climbers in the process. So there was four of us um, and it was just a really great experience to, um, uh, to get to the top of my 54th peak. I w- it was, yeah, like as most people can imagine, Um, it was, it felt like finishing a through hike, um, and it felt really, um, like monumentous, but I also knew that, um, that the, the, the climb wasn't over and I knew that there was still some really challenging terrain going down. And I also, you know, know the statistic that 80% of mountaineering accidents happen on the descent, uh, for a number of reasons, Um, So I was really excited and it was incredible to to wrap up a 19 year uh, project in the making. Um, But I was still relatively nervous um, and I couldn't, I wasn't totally sure like what, what that, what the nerves were about. Um, And so we were headed down, you know, late in the day. um, And uh, unfortunately on the, the absolute last down climb, there's a small, um, it's only like a, maybe 10, 12 foot, uh, cliffed band that you kind of have to go down this crack to basically where you're right close to tree line, um, right. And you hit basically a defined trail, uh, right after that little climb. And unfortunately, uh, I went down that, uh, that down climb and I was waiting kind of on the trail, uh, and my partner, uh, came down and lost his footing and tumbled, uh, off of the ledge. Uh, and, uh, in the process, uh, yeah, he, he fell and, and, and broke his neck and, and, uh, was killed instantly, oh, uh, in, gosh. in the fall. And so, uh, it was as most people can imagine was, um, a very traumatic experience of, of, of yeah being in this kind of life and death situation um uh which uh soured what i was hoping to be this really grand finale to to my climbs um and i kind of struggled with it like I, i had to see a counselor uh for quite a while uh because of the the trauma of that and feeling guilt of like what like is there something i could have done you know there's your mind plays tricks on you uh, and is just really challenging. Um, And yeah, so there was a long time of me kind of coping um, with that experience and feeling upset that it wasn't what I wanted it to be. Um, And then, but then like years later um, you know, I still have this idea of doing this, the short film about the experience, but obviously I didn't know what that would look like with this Mm -hmm. uh, really dark uh moment with the experience um Mm -hmm. a a year after um uh, steve passed away from that on that trip um uh my wife and i uh had our had our daughter and uh going through that was was um, a beautiful experience and provided some additional healing for me and so uh, years went by and I realized like I wanted to still tell this 14 year story, but I also wanted to be like respectful of Steve and his family. And so I, I, uh, I spent years crafting and rewriting. I literally went through like 12 drafts of the, the narration for that film. Um, and, you know, had, you know, Steve's family's blessing on what I kind of presented about my, sp- my story, but also intertwining, some of Steve's story in, in the film. Um, and so it was um, one of those things I would never wish that experience upon anyone, mm. um, but I also see it as as a moment of, of great, um, of healing and um, more understanding about myself in many ways. Um, and yeah, so I really just wanted that, to create that film to kind of share both my story, but also encourage um, people um, to be willing to uh, not necessarily take risks in the sense of climbing steep exposed terrain, but being willing to, um, to step outside of their comfort zone and embrace um, kind of the theme of that video, I would say is, um, you know, the title of Within Weakness um, is all about kind of embracing kind of our weaknesses and seeing them as strengths at, at points as well and uh yeah i think there's a lot that that folks can 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 learn from that
0: yeah like it did the, the, the video is it, it's a, like it's obviously your story it's your path and and you intertwine a bit of steve in there as well but there's it is a, it's a, the the way you speak about the the incident and in a way you speak about Steve is is a very it's quite a beautiful and uh, respectful um, kind of uh, sign of or, uh, like acknowledging his life and acknowledging his experience. I mean, even saying that he he hiked faster than most people your age and younger, you know. And you even show him hiking, and you're like, oh my god, this guy is like, and I, I love it. there was almost like a subtle uh shot of him and then a mountain goat and it was like this guy's a mountain goat like this guy hikes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um which was it was so nice and how he helped you and like was part of that story of how you achieved this massive goal that you had uh, set for yourself uh and obviously the tragedy then of of him losing his life but as you said in the video that it's uh He died doing what he loves and this happens way more often than, than people uh, think it does. Um, but is still not something that should deter people from stepping outside their front door and getting into the outdoors. Like when you get into these, these high mountains, these extreme and risky situations, that's where these things do happen. Um, so yeah, I will put that into the show notes so people can, can have a look at that. um, you spoke about the, you you're having a kid now, and and uh, I suppose the kid's a, a toddler now, or how old is she? Uh,
1: my daughter is now in kindergarten, so she's uh, five years old.
0: Five years old, okay, yeah. So she's she's going to be hiking properly soon, if not oh, already. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, we. uh she, she's hiking. She's definitely in the stage where it doesn't always hold her attention for super long, but yeah, yeah. We've she's done a number of backpacking trips already. Um, and yeah, really hoping that she, not, not sure if I want her to, uh, undertake the Colorado 14ers, but, um, um, uh, would love to see her do hiking and through hiking. And, you know, if she wants to do the peaks, that would be, uh, yeah. fine as well, but and yeah, that, it's great. That, great to that'll be, that'll involved.
0: be. That'll be her story as well. And but it, uh, you recently had a, a beautiful moment then as well with the the three generations of your of your family. I think you mentioned this on the on the previous podcast. Was you might go into a little bit more detail about that?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. So on the last podcast, I mentioned that one of the, the my favorite moments of all uh, in terms of hiking uh, was when uh, my wife and I um, uh, took my daughter up to, yeah, uh, carried her up uh, one of the 14ers as well with my parents. My parents went on, on the trip as well. Um, and that was, I, I wanted to do that trip for a number of reasons. One, because it felt like in terms of that, that video uh, film project that like that would be a good like way to kind of close after not knowing like how to, to close such a, a heavy story. Um, but also like, it felt like full circle, right? Like my parents carried me up, uh, a 14 er when I was, uh, I think two years old. Uh, and so, yeah, we've kind of set this goal to, to do the same with, with, uh, my daughter. So yeah, we climbed up, which is, uh, one thing that I, I don't always talk about, um, and isn't in the film just because, uh, it would just be a whole other story to tell, um but uh my my wife uh uh came down with cancer uh, or was diagnosed with cancer I should say um mm-hmm. after uh, we had our daughter and it was uh, as everyone can imagine and for those people who have gone through cancer was a really uh, challenging season to to go through um and so it was the following summer uh after uh, her cancer treatments that we that we did this climb um So it was, yeah, I carried uh, my daughter uh, in a a, a kid's carrier and my wife uh, was climbing uh, the 14er, uh, kind of the first big uh, challenge since um, going through cancer treatment. And then having my parents there, um, having all three generations on on that summit was, yeah, just a a really wonderful experience that very few people have that experience of being at 14,000 feet. Fourteen thousand foot feet excuse me fourteen thousand feet uh with three generations um and it was just yeah a beautiful day um and a, an incredible story and a wonderful way to kind of wrap uh that 14 year project up
0: that's beautiful and it's 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 yes it's this transition of life where your parents brought you into the world they brought you into the outdoor world and uh, you have had a life and you will continue to have a life doing that. And, and now you're bringing in your daughter into the outdoor world. Um, and, and hopefully that, yeah, she does go, uh, decide to go and, and do all these things. But as a father myself of uh, a daughter who I've I've brought into the outdoors and, and try to show her the ropes there, like, you know, sometimes you push them a little bit too far and you just got to go, okay, no, you got to go do your own thing. And, the outdoors will always be there and, and hopefully they'll, they'll come back. Um, so it, in terms of outdoor expeditions, obviously you've got a family now and you've got to think about like obviously the assessment of risk for them and but also time for them. And, you know, you've done some backpacking trips with your family. Are, are, do you have any other solo trips coming up or do you have any family backpacking trips coming up?
1: Yeah, so I don't have... Uh, It's kind of been an interesting season of life in the sense of not having uh, major plans for like through hikes or really large scale uh, adventures, Um, though I am thinking about that. It's been this year is exactly 10 years since I did the Colorado Trail um, and ran the Pikes Peak Ascent, which is a a half marathon uh, to the top of uh, one of uh, the most famous 14 ers in in the United States here in Colorado. And so I've been thinking about like, you know, that 10 year anniversary of wanting to do uh, some different uh, ideas. I'll probably run the race again. Um, I'm not sure what I'm going to do adventure wise, though. uh, I, we are, my family is making plans to do kind of a combined um, trip to uh, Wyoming, which is another wonderful uh, place uh, to do some car camping and some, uh, some probably short, uh, backpacking, uh, trips, uh, during that trip as well. Um, so nothing, uh, nothing quite like a through hike or, or big peaks. And I'm still, you know, in that process of assessing like what I'm willing to do, um, yeah, risk wise, what I'm willing to do now with a family and, and whatnot. So I really haven't done any, anything that's like class three or class four, uh, uh, peak, uh, yeah peak climbs uh since since we've had camille um but yeah uh still trying to figure out ways to to still push myself and and uh right now it's really more about getting my family involved which like you said earlier like i think the best adventures are the ones that are shared um and so for me even though the trips don't seem as like as um sexy or as like um magazine worthy or or whatnot um it's still a really fun opportunity to introduce my daughter to the outdoors and see see the outdoors kind of through her eyes and you know like trying to introduce her but also not trying to push her too far just like you said um, and letting her kind of make those choices i will say uh one of uh one couple i had met on the pct Um, we have become really good friends, um, mainly because they had a daughter just a month after, uh, my wife and I had our daughter. Um, so they're, uh, two daughters, like both single, single kids, uh, roughly the same age. They've come out to Colorado the last two summers and we've done, uh, camping, some backpacking, um, and we've section hiked a couple or done some day hikes on the Colorado trail. So I do have this this dream one day. again, I don't want to uh, impose anything on my daughter. Um, but we have this wonderful like dream of one day that maybe the girls would maybe through hike the Colorado trail uh, together and then maybe the adults could uh, through hike it as well and maybe we would, we would start a day or, or so uh, behind them. So you know we could be there if something were to happen. Uh, but then let the girls uh, kind of have their own experience. So that is like a lofty goal um, or dream, I should say. And, you know, I don't want to impose that on either of the girls, um, but I do, yeah, I like, I do hope that one day maybe that could happen uh, in, in some way or another.
0: Yeah. Just plant the seed, Just like, exactly. just constantly push through like, I don't know, flyers or, you know, like training plans for doing the Colorado trail, uh, but put
1: yeah. a coffee table book of the Colorado trail. Where there you, you go. I always you go. see it. So I, <laughs> my, I'm sure that wasn't intentional with my parents, but you know, that's like the incredible thing is you never know, like what, what, what something will spark interest in the outdoors with someone. So
0: absolutely. Well, look, if, uh, if anything is going to spark interest and inspiration for the outdoors, it's having a dad like you. So, uh, I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story and, and truly is an inspiration to, to anybody. Uh, the, the, the peaks that you've climbed, the trails that you've done and the spirit that you have in the outdoors and that you live that and you are a steward for the outdoors now with the, your work that you do with the the American Hiking Society. Um, uh, Wesley. Yeah. Again, thank you for coming on. And, uh, uh best of luck in in, in uh, being in dadhood in fatherhood and parenthood and uh and yeah keeping keep keep things outdoors
1: absolutely thanks so much it was uh wonderful to be able to share more of my story uh, with you owen and uh, with your community
0: awesome talk to you soon to thank wesley for taking his time i know the time difference is crazy between dublin and colorado i think it's something like 10 or 12 hours or something like that i remember the first time that wesley came on to the show uh because he and his colleagues were actually spread across three different time zones or at least two uh he definitely drew the short stick uh in, in in the time that we got to, to pick i think in dublin it was like 3 p.m and in on the east coast it was like 10 a.m and for for wesley it was certainly like 6 a.m or something like that but i i get the i get the picture that uh, that wesley is a bit of a he's a bit of a morning bird so uh uh, maybe he wasn't too bothered by it. But thank you so much again, Wesley. Uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. Uh, links to Wesley's channels and his and his YouTube channel in particular are in the show notes. So be sure to check out his content. It is very worth the time and w- worth the watch. Uh, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. So until the next time, happy trails.